listeners, and welcome to Uber Cinco, the game show podcast where we deep dive top fives. I'm Nathan Henenfent, your host for today's show, in which our contestants will reveal and defend their top five iconic Hollywood sunglasses. That's right, folks. Strap on your day drinking shades because at least the next hour of your future is so bright. And in the den today is Mitch Brinkman. Say hey there, Mitch. Hey, what's up? My agent said I should be excited about this, so woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Mitch is going to be taking on our special guest. This is a recent Iowa transplant, brewer extraordinaire. Find him on social media at the other Barntown Brewer. He's a pit viper enthusiast, full-time husband, father, and redhead, Mr. Alex Lovingood. Alex, welcome. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing quite well out here in Iowa. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. And as I was just mentioning, Alex, you're a, you're a brewer at the Barntown Brewer. Anything going on out there uh, you'd like uh, the listeners to know about? So just today, an hour ago, we started releasing a new beer called Black is Beautiful. It is a uh, worldwide collective collaboration beer uh, uh, to help out and, uh, and, and bring to the forefront of the issues that people of color and our minorities in this country are dealing with. So all of our proceeds of that beer are going to the Iowa chapter of the ACLU and a thousand breweries throughout the world are also donating to similar causes. So that is, we are happy to be a part of it and very excited. That's that am- is excellent. That, that's amazing. That's great. Yeah, we will, uh, wherever you are listening to or watching this podcast, we will plug the information into that so you can uh, participate and help out those causes. So thank you, Alex, for sharing that with us. All right. Uh, if this is your first time in the Uber Cinco Den, let's wake you out of hibernation with a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we will move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But... If both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber Stand-Out. You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber Stare-Down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. All right. And of course, as the host, I'm entitled to institute a house rule for today's game, which is if you expect a kiss on the first date, be ready to pay for the appetizer. (laughs) Keep that in mind, boys. Sure. Yes, of course. All right. And a quick reminder, don't forget to stick with us until the end of the show where I, Nathan Henenfent, will rattle off my fast five, the all time definitive top five greatest triangles of all time. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's right. That's right, triangles. Okay, here we go. Let's get the show started. Alex, you are our guest. Give us your opinion on the fifth greatest pair of iconic Hollywood sunglasses. Off you go. So first off, let me say that you guys you guys really do put a lot of work into this because I've spent the last seven days uh, manipulating and figuring out this list. But my number five, and this is going to be the, uh, the newest uh, uh, iteration, is the blue blocker aviators worn by Allen in the hangover. Oh yeah. So these, these sunglasses are, are turtle, turtle shell colored, kind of like the ones I'm wearing right now. 
but they're blue blockers and you know they're a little bit bigger. Uh, this movie came out in 2009, um, and I guess you know probably the the imagery that is is, is most commonly associated with those sunglasses was when uh, they're standing outside of Caesar's palace. He's got little uh, little baby strapped to him, and he's wearing those sick ass sunglasses, um, and they are just they are iconic. And you know I I've, was wearing blue blocker aviators for many years before they were cool. Weird plug. But, uh, you know, I feel <laughs> like after that, too, 2009, they just blew up all over the place. So, um, you know, and they're just, they're sexy. I feel like anybody can wear them. I mean, I'm not the fanciest guy in the world, but if I throw those on with the dress on, or like <laughs> like a like, like dress clothes, I'm feeling good. I can be in my drab brewing outfit, and I'm looking good, too. So, number five, those aviators, the blue blockers from Hangover. So I'm, I got to ask you, is there, do you think that Alan, because Alan is a bizarre and eccentric character. Do you think he had any strategic reasons for choosing these sunglasses? You know what? I feel like he was probably at the gas station <laughs> them in the, you know, on the rack. And then he went up there and had somebody else pay for them. You know, kind of one of those like, sneak in maneuvers where you're like, oh, here, I'm getting this soda. You want to pay for that? Oh, also these. Uh, yeah, I feel like there was no, there, there was probably no uh, uh, thought process when he got them. He just wore them, and damn, he looks good in them. So, I, I I'm curious, Alex. Uh, now, you as you mentioned, you you were wearing them before they were cool. Um, and I actually I, I didn't wear them before they were cool, but my older brother did. My uh, I want to plug Andy. Also, he wore trucker hats before Ashton Kutcher found them. Um, but did you wear these after the Hangover, or did you just wear them to like a costume party dressed as Alan, or did you continue to rock them in your everyday life? So, regardless of my large figure and beardedness, I've never dressed as Alan. Um, but I, I got my That's first a pair. point. That's a point for you. That's good. That's good. So, yeah. <laughs> the first pair of blue blocker aviators that I got, I had um, when I was 18 years old. It was my brother's bachelor party. Um, I got them in Walgreens for $15.99 on our way to Austin, Texas to go see South by Southwest um, for his bachelor party. But specifically, we were going to see Cursive. Um, and, and, and long story short, <clears throat> uh, we got there. I couldn't get into the venue because I was under 21. Uh, They were playing on a back patio. And so we were right next to the fence looking through, saw the whole show. Uh, The lead singer and guitar player said, you know what? You guys that are inside here, you paid money to see here because it's South by Southwest. Gave them all the middle finger. And then he disconnected and came out with me and my brother and our buddy Caleb and, and, and rocked and let us sing into the microphone while I was wearing those blue blockers. Oh it was my very God. <laughs> so, These are very some powerful day, shades. Yeah. So I, I, and I feel like it may have been the blue blockers that started that because it was an afternoon show, you know, it was like four or five p.m. So yeah. I, I, I just had this feeling like the next presidential episode we, we, we do, we need to bring Love and Good back on and he'll be like, Oh yeah, I brewed a beer in like 2012, and then Obama showed up at the back door, and we had <laughs> three beers together. Then we shot hoops for a couple hours. You know, uh, it just feels like you've got those stories ready and just like in the barrel. Um, Can't talk about Obama, but uh, 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 Pritzker and I have, have shared pints before. So, oh, oh, boy, and my and my flex felt cool at the beginning, and now you're just <laughs> you just uh, holy shit. I, um, I, I like sunglasses. That, that, <laughs> that is a that is an incredibly hot start on many many levels. So, Mitch, you've got your you've got your work cut out for you here, but but toss me uh, your number five. I'm okay. ready. 
Yeah. So my number five is um, it starts with um, I, I'm, I'm calling them Y2 Cool. Okay, spelled with a K. Uh, these are the sunglasses from The Matrix. You know, number one is Neo. Number two is um, Trinity. And then number three is Morpheus. Um, and that kind of, I don't have the exact shades, but I think these, I think these are pretty close. Um, but For the uh, listeners at home that who can't see the video, those, that's, I believe the, those are the Neo-esque ones you're, yeah. you're talking about there. Yeah, kind of kind of reminiscent of the 1971 Ray Band uh, Balarama, I believe. It's what uh, Eastwood wore in Dirty Harry. But um, these were updated, uh, thinner from top to bottom, more uh, ovular, if you will. And um, I, in my opinion, this started like a strange little chunk of sunglass history that is starting to come back now, mainly only as I've seen with females, but with really kind of surreal, those like weird, small kind of squinty sunglasses. Um, And of course, Morpheus, the ones that just clipped your nose. Um, And those were, uh, those were very influential on uh, your host for today because I actually, when I was 16 years old, when the second matrix came out spring Mm -hmm. of 2003, I ordered a pair of those. And I had that they came in a very special little case and you pick them out very delicately and you, you <laughs> clip them on on your nose and they don't have anything attached to your ears. And I thought yep. that was the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my life. But I'm I'm six foot three. I was I was six foot three even as a sixteen year old. Yeah. And so my head is a little larger than the average one size fits all thing. So these things, first of all, they barely covered my eyes. And the first time I went to wear them, I was going to a track meet. And so mm-hmm. I had them on thinking I was the coolest guy ever, which mm-hmm. I obviously wasn't, but they they didn't quite fit and the clip was not designed for a septum the size of mine. And after about thirty minutes I I got a nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what you're saying is you looked exactly like Morpheus when he's sitting in the chair uh, and the windows are busted and he's just about to be saved by Neo. You know, blood coming out. Okay. Yeah, M- Morpheus is at his most vulnerable was what I ended up looking like, <laughs> as opposed to the, the Morpheus doing a, a scorpion kick on the top of a moving semi. That sure. So yeah. I, I paid. I believe I paid forty dollars for those and I wore them maybe twice. Uh, forty forty dollars adjust for inflation. I think that's like seven fifty now or something. That's an expensive yeah. nosebleed. <laughs> so, so I was I, I I had thought about the Morpheus the clip on sunglasses, and sure. so I you know it, you do a lot of research in these. It seems like and so I did a little yeah. bit of research and I uh, I googled the sunglasses and uh, they look like those little Benoit balls. You know, like the Kegel exercise balls that you know, jam up there. And so I really thought about it and I said, you know, I can't do this. I, I want to be, I don't want to do this. So yeah. I left those out, but good play on that. I will, I, I will say this I chose because I felt like it, it hit culture so hard. I feel like everyone started wearing those glasses. I remember even my dad got a pair of those and he still wears those. So like, you know, Daryl, apologize when you listen to this and he will um, throw those out and get yourself some Ray-Ban club masters. All right, <laughs> dad, that's especially for you. Okay. You know, those are great at one point. Let's yeah. Okay. Um, so, but I just feel like it hit so hard, you know, like the all black, like, like the grease down hair, which I feel like kind of, I went from cool guys and now it's still kind of there maybe in the, I don't know, tech industry. Maybe even that's a horrible, uh, you know, uh, misnomer to throw out there. But um, I, I just feel like, I mean, The Matrix was so damn cool when it came out. 
Uh, Matrix One blew everyone's goddamn gourds out the top of their skulls. Uh, so, I mean, what was uh, that now? 20, 21 years ago? Na- 99, the first 99? one. 99? Okay, so 21 yeah. years, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a, as like a 12-year-old boy at that point, uh, I mean, that was, I mean, you, I think with the scene in the subway with the agent and the, and that gunplay and the, and the, you know, the, the floating through the air and the, and the circular camera work just was so, you're like, man, I want to do all that, you know? Um, but of course, you know, the, the whole long black trench coat connotation also, uh, you know, went the other way. It's pretty dark. So, um, I, I was choosing not to focus on that so much, but let's be honest, that affected culture. So I, I just want to know, Mitch, would you take red or blue? I mean, which film? <laughs> Um, I am such an I am such a noob that I can't remember which one he took, but I would take the one to go to the Matrix. I'll say that I wouldn't I I wouldn't go back to the cubicle. So I was just gonna s- I, w- I was sorry to miss Mitch's duster and concealed carry face. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! If I if I ever got abs like Mac, I I would go sans shirt duster. <laughs> That's what I would do. All right. Um, that, well, this is, boy, this is, we are off to a flying start here. So, I mean, Alex, first of all, I don't think I've ever, other than the, the Morpheus sunglasses, which I ordered online and was a traumatic experience, I don't think I've ever bought sunglasses not in a gas station. And if I've been able to weasel out of paying them, I have. And also, getting pulled on stage, I think, I, I have no choice but to give you the full three points here. But then Mitch just hitting hitting close to home with, in my opinion, the best sunglasses ever, the Morpheus ones. And, and you're right, the, uh, the pop culture influence that the sunglasses from The Matrix had, I have to give you three points as well. So it's all I can do. It's all I can do. Uh, so we'll go on to our number fours. And uh, Mitch, I'm going to have you start with your number four, please. Sure. Okay, so my number four is based on um, it's summertime. It's baseball, it's ice cream, it's your best friend, it's people you've known forever. And this comes from the movie The Sandlot, specifically the white cat eyeglasses adorning Wendy Peppercorn's face as she watches over the pool. Everyone knows this character. Um, The white contrasting with the red lipstick, the red swimsuit, the honey blonde hair, the, the tanned and bronze skin, and then, of course, the uh, titular scene, thank you very much, uh, where, where Squint uh, pretends to drown and she saves him. Um, a move so galling, so much cojone that it, no one would ever do that. And, I, and the, narr- the narrator says something about, you know, the babes are great, but if anyone actually walked up to us, we would have peed our pants, you know. So that move, no one would ever actually pull that off. No one would ever actually have the balls to do it. So that's why I love this scene, because it kind of remains a fantasy the whole time. And the and then you hear about Wendy again at the end, of course, when you find out Squints marries her in like the after credit scenes, which are we really to believe that? Who knows? So Wendy Peppercorn, the all-American uh, was that late 50s? Uh, it was uh, 1962 that film was supposed to take place. 1962, blonde bombshell. Uh, but, but, you know, before before our eyes were were were, um, were uh, reddened with the assassination of JFK, you know, when the world was still completely pure, um, when, when baseball was all that mattered, and the summertime pool. Thank you, Wendy Peppercorn. I applaud you. So that's it for me. That's... Uh... Yeah, I, well, I, I personally like that, that. That movie was it, 
this gets a little deep, but yeah, that, that movie always did feel like, even when you were a kid, like there was another layer to it. Like it was like all a fantasy. It was like, how much of that actually happened or how much of it was like just these adolescents, like, Oh, this is what my ideal summer would be like. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think, I think like, she, she's kind of the center of all of that and the sunglasses like they look like something you'd see on like a, a one of the original vintage barbie dolls that you know like like the one like my mom still had from her childhood they're mm-hmm. they're classics well and and i think too i don't i can't remember when breakfast at tiffany's came out but her glasses and their hepburn's glasses were kind of cat eye so i'm yeah. assuming that was like a pre i mean obviously a reference to that even though this the story took place before whatever but yeah so, so. And I feel like today, the hit out today is the day that they would have gone to the pool. So, oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so hot. You know, you're, what's yeah. the line where he says, "My mama's titties are sweating through her bra" or something. Like that. <laughs> I don't know. What, whatever it was, today's the day that that would happen. Good call on that. Oh, yeah. She knows That's, exactly what she's doing. <laughs> yes. yes, she does. All right. Well, uh, that is. Oh boy, this is this might be our highest scoring uh, episode so far. Uh, so far, I'm loving all of these. Alex, uh, why don't you lay your number four down on the table and let us know? All right, it's the fall of 1994. Uh, a young Alex is uh, is about to turn eight years old, seven years old, if my math is correct. And, <laughs> and Leon the professional comes. Oh, oh, Is it? Did it happen? <laughs> yes. It happened. Stare into the camera. Let's do it. Let's this do is, it. Is this a stare down? This is. We have an down, Uber, man. Uber stare down. All right. The sunglasses are off. All right. So uh, you've got Leon from the professional as your number four. Mitch, I believe you've got him as your number two. Whoa. So uh, Alex, as it is your turn, why don't you continue? Let us know what about these these. Uh, diminutive shades turns you on so much hey okay shit this is now that it's an uber stared on i have to like really think about this so leon the professional i probably saw this movie for the first time god in my in my teen year so 2000 early 2000 sometime around then and i remember going man natalie portman that that gal is uh, is attractive and then seeing her again of course and uh Star Wars Episode One, which is for another time, but probably the best cinematic movie ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, Leon the Professional—they are just so iconic. You know that 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 movie shot of him with the circle sunglasses on. I mean, in the Art of the Kill, Leon is the best. Um, you know, he looks good. You know, it's got a young Natalie Portman in there, who's you know, she's like, "I want you to avenge my brother's death." You know, just the, the the fight scenes. He looks good in them. I, I'm trying to remember back. I tried to sneak some 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 clips here and there. I don't think they ever fall off when he's wearing them. Uh, so they're 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 on his head the whole time. And then of course, you know, sidebar. One of my favorite scenes in in, in cinema, if not favorite, probably top five, is when Gary Oldman says, "Bring me everyone." And the guy goes, what do you mean by everyone? He goes, everyone! <laughs> and he's like real teethy about it. Too. Everyone! It's just really, really good movie. The sunglasses are awesome. I tried to look up like what brand they were. And it, it seems like a lot of companies have made... Yeah, a lot of imitations out there. Yeah, uh, But unlike some of the sunglasses in this, 
you know, those aren't a brand. Those are just his sunglasses. So, all right, Mitch, Mitch, your your riposte, please. Yes, um, I, I will say there a lot of the sunglasses on my list. Looking them up, of course, because um, uh, I, I considered the dude, but I don't think he made as wide of a cultural impact as the other ones on my list. But there are a lot of French companies that make a lot of these sunglasses. I found. Um, and these, the, the, the ones that, uh, Leon wears, which it's interesting, my whole life, I pronounce that Leon, which is, was wrong when I, I found that out three days ago, <laughs> 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 when I watched the trailers and, and, you know, in the great nineties, uh, trailer voice, Leon is the number one New York assassin or whatever, you know, um, when it, when you're like, just show us the footage and we'll get what the story is, um, but uh, yeah, these circular glasses. I love how the um, uh, what's what's the what's the name for the bars that go back to the ears? What 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 are those called? Uh, the the ear bars. The ear bars. Thank you very much. Yes, <laughs> uh, the ear bars are lower uh, than where like like the the, the middle. Um, they're radius. below. They're below the equator of the circular sunglasses. Thank you very much. That's the that's lenses what I was below the equator of the lenses. Correct. Thank you very much for the science. Um, and uh, in this, also, I love that the lenses are, or excuse me, the the frames are clear in this movie. And of course, the beanie. You have to have the beanie with this look, perched perched up top, especially if you are losing your hair, um, uh, like um, Jean Renault was, uh, and. Um, and then I love, of course, how Natalie Portman emulates him. She um, finds out what he is. Uh, she asks, "Are you? Uh, what do you do?" And he says, "A cleaner." And she goes, "Yeah." And then she's like, "Oh, so you kill?" And he's like, "Huh?" And she's <laughs> like, "No, it's cool. I'm like, I'm up. I'm with it." Um, and um, the, the 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 hit from the top of the uh, the building in Central Park or attempted hit. I can't remember now exactly what it was. Um, there's some shady things here, but great film. The, the, the hit in the elevator where he's attached to the ceiling is incredible. Him shooting through the door with the gun, with the big, powerful, is it a desert Eagle? Um, it, it may have been, I don't think it was a desert Eagle. I think it was just a really cool looking silencer. on top. Oh, it was. Okay. Okay. You're the concealed um, carry expert. So you tell us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I also, what was interesting to me was in this film, because at some point, doesn't she, like, she emulates him, and he is her hero, but at some point, she she kind of, like, turns it into, like, almost a, like, a misguided love, right? Isn't where she's, like, trying to become the object of his affection for a bit, and... Th- there's some yeah there's some uncomfortable parts of this movie for sure yeah but uh yeah. but 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 he but he always makes the correct decision as this father as put upon father figure which i really enjoy and he truly learns to live for someone else which is you know the whole the whole point of the film and uh and just his ingenuity in fighting that entire swat team um is something that i i really loved and of course i love that this style um, and I don't know enough cause I wasn't aware enough at that point in the nineties, but this style has lived on in art communities throughout New York, especially Brooklyn. I know my brother dressed like, uh, Leon, the professional for sure. Uh, shout out to Andy. If you're listening as well, he, he, he will be. uh, but, uh, so also, um, uh, bandit, the cat, how are you? Meow. Um, and, um, <laughs> But yeah, so I, I think this look has lived on and continues to uh, influence people. And I think also uh, Mahershala Ali has a character in a recent film or perhaps a Netflix series that had this sort of like specific dress as well. The 
circular shades with a little beanie. So um, I think that's all I have for that. All right. I, uh, I, I will say, sorry to interrupt, the, the hipster community of Chicago, L.A., and New York were very, very grateful for Leon's look in this. So thank you for pointing that out, too. Yeah. I definitely glassed over that, so. I, th- I think also just for uh, Nathan to, to consider in the stare down today, I shaved for the podcast. Um, so I, <laughs> I think, well, I, I was talking to Alex yesterday on zoom and uh, his beard was about four feet longer than it is now. So he might've done more work than you. Shut <laughs> uh, okay. So after, uh, after de- debating this within my own, the dark recesses of my mind for a long time, I think Mitch, you, you, you edged it out by a hair there by mentioning the uh, how the hipster communities did latch onto this. And you still find these sunglasses out there. And this is probably, this movie is what, 26 years old now. So Mitch, you're going to win three American points for uh, this Uber stare down. And as the winner of the Uber stare down, I'm going to have you go next for your number three. Thank you very much. So this one... Uh, I'm calling this is this is my carefree and fancy pick. And this is, although not a lot of um, screen time in the film, I think that this is a way of this character brings like a way of life and a spirit that um, people latched onto, And that is the Ray-Ban Club Masters that Ferris Bueller wore in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And I have a oh, pair dear. right here. Oh, look at those. Oh, those are nice. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. That's right. We have another Uber stare down. So, Mitch, you had it at number three, and Alex. So this is this is the Uber stare down of stare downs. Alex also number three. Okay, wow. hell yeah. All right, but Mitch, it's it's your turn. So you have the you have the right, honor, and privilege to go first. So continue sure. your, your defense of Ferris Bueller's Ray Bans. Okay, so. Fair. Okay, so the, so the Clubmasters. Let me just uh, uh, you know, for people at home, the Clubmaster is a play off the classic Wayfarer. Okay, and uh, but the Clubmaster has a a, a brow line sort of uh, accoutrement here with the sort of uh, wood paneling, if you will, or the tortoise shell um, that goes uh, goes across the top. And uh, if if you're lucky, a little gold bar, of course, that that connects the 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 the, uh, the gold rims. Um, and these in Ferris Bueller were worn when he is uh, impersonating Sloane's father. And of course, he's rocking them in the Ferrari. It's the 1961, uh, is it GT California, I believe is what it is. And uh, it is the start to a beautiful day. Um, no one no one on this podcast should mention the timeline because of course it's absolute banana insanity. Um, but, and then uh, was it, they're, they're on Lakeshore Drive he somehow has a black beret on. They don't explain that. I love that. He's just like, I'm going to wear a black beret right now. Uh, he's taking his hands off the wheels. Um, Cameron's freaking out, of course. Everyone's got shades on. Um, but this is the, this, this energy though, is just like the world. I've got the world by the tail. I can do whatever I want. Um, you know, today is my day. Like, even if there is you... skew like that, you're like, I'm still, I'm, this is still good. <laughs> I'm still having fun. Um, do, do you think there was, do you think he made a conscious choice at these or were they just laying around somewhere? Well, now, if you notice in the Ferrari scene on Lakeshore Drive, he's got the Clubmasters. Sloan has like a fuller, rounder version of Wayfarers. And then Cameron has like a rounded sunglass. 
And so I think this is, uh, this is like, this is a leader's choice. This is something, uh, that someone will wear who wants to have fun, but also perhaps, uh, evoke, um, an older generation. So in this case, his father, a businessman, you know, a, 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 a proper, um, you know, uh, capitalist, if you will. And, um, yeah, so I think, I think, I think that was a conscious choice. And also, you know, it's, it's fun on the bottom, but, but it's, but it's business on top of it with the tortoise shell. Um, and, um, of course, of you know, I, I feel like it's all, you have to mention the collateral cool in this movie too. The scene where his father's in the taxi and Sloane uh, flirts with him, which you would think maybe the father would have recognized what his son's girlfriend looks like, but they don't explain that, of course. Um, you know, and, and always a little bit of troubling underage uh, female, uh, older male sexuality as we have in a lot of '80s films, um, and and of course us live in Chicago. Ferris Ferris is the is the patron saint of Chicago, the patron saint of the day out, the patron saint of 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 a good time. So, yeah. Alex, what do you have to say? Uh, I just want to thank Mitch for doing most of the work that I needed to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I. Also chose Ferris Bueller Day Off. I also chose a pair of Ray-Bans, but I chose the Wayfarers, which were donned by Sloane Peterson herself. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> Sloane is, what's she, probably a junior in high school at this point, 17, 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely gorgeous. Uh, 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 played by Mia Sarah, which is, I, I don't know what else she had back then but you know gorgeous gal she is so first off she gets called into the office sloan her grandfather's died she right away without even knowing what was going on played along with that and then was standing on that front step with the uh, uh, principal what's his face there help me out here boys ed 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 uh what's his name ed um <clears throat> Uh, Ed, oh boy, Ed. Come on, guys. Whatever. (laughs) Principal Ed. uh, And she's standing there, and there is that super iconic scene which Mitch mentioned. You got Ferris standing next to that beautiful car with the uh, the Bushmasters, whatever they're called, those those peasant sunglasses. Rooney. Ed Rooney. Ed Rooney, yes. (laughs) Um, You know, wearing those peasant sunglasses, and then you have didn't he have the? Did he have the? He had the flip ones. The yeah, flip he, he had the flip ones at some yeah, point. Yeah, like the worst sunglasses. Yes. the all-time worst movie sunglasses. <laughs> um, and he stands there, and then she walks down, and she embraces her father, her boyfriend, in a loving kiss. And Rooney is just so blown away. But those scenes when they're in the car driving down Lake Shore, she's got those beautiful wayfarers on. She's got that fringe white leather jacket that's just blowing in the wind. Uh, when they're out of uh, Shea, uh, oh shoot, what's the restaurant? Uh, Shea Louis <clears throat> standing there. And then, like I said, thank you, Mitch. The very, very memorable scene where she flirts and does the, the mm-hmm. Ferris's dad. Oh, God. She just, she gets the engine roaring. She <laughs> and, 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 and might I say, those are arguably the most iconic sunglasses in 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 the world sunglasses uh you know ray-bans in particular but the wayfares and she just wears them so well you know they're at a cubs game and 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 goddamn guys they're they're in a scene they're at a pool whose pool are they at (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, Cameron falls off a, a diving board backwards in a chair. Whose pool is that? We don't know, but we know that Sloan looks good. In she is a, <laughs> she is a, a, you know, that long, light, light brown hair of hers. She looks good. She can obviously play along and, and hang with her boyfriend, who is this uh, very outgoing Ferris Bueller. So Sloan Peterson, Ray-Ban Wayfarers, number yeah. three. All right. This is, I mean, this is, this is tough. We went, we went from, we went from the driver's seat to who is riding shotgun. This is, uh, this is as close as it gets, but I think the contrast of, uh, Sloan going from, you know, I don't know how she had the, uh, the wherewithal to play along with the dead grandparent thing. Maybe all of her grandparents were already dead. That would be a good way to play it. <laughs> but, uh, the contrast between the worst sunglasses of all time to the classic wayfarers, Alex, I'm going to give you three points for this round. Three big points. <laughs> two, double, two double birds right there. I, I also just want to comment here. Is Ferris Bueller the most terrifying friend to have, or yes. is he the best friend to have? You, you can't be both. Well, I, I'm just curious because I, I know I've had friends like that before who, who truly feel like the world can't touch them. Um, white privilege. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and it's scary sometimes to to go about the world with them because they just sort of create these messes or or these beautiful, um, terrifying structures and let them fall behind them. And then you're left picking up the mess. Um, I think, and I don't know. I think the majority of us want to be Ferris, but most of us are Camerons. Yeah. So, so I as, would identify. Ridden, but, you know, I, I think that's Brian. That's a great, great, great clause or a, a take there. But I would actually identify more as a Sloan Peterson because <laughs> I was never the one that was like, let's go burn the world down. But I was yeah. never the one. I never said no. You know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. sounds like a good time. Sign me up. Yeah. Also, side note, Ferris Bueller takes place in North Chicago in the suburbs. My my now wife is from that area. So uh, my, my in-laws live uh, right behind the safe Ferris uh, uh, water tower. So every couple of years, they, they the, the town of Northbrook throws up safe Ferris and you can see it from their backyard. It's only a few blocks away. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> Gosh, wow. Now, okay. Um, also, I'm just saying, okay, so, so did the restaurant, art museum, Cubs game, what else? Parade. Uh, parade. parade. Yep. Parade. Somebody's stop, cool. st- cool. stop in the hot tub and pool and then got home by what? 530? Had to, I mean, back then, yeah, it had to have been 530. And and Sloan could have gone to school. High school starts at what? 730, 745? So she's in yep. class for maybe one or two. Okay. So you're saying, so you're doing the, the museum and lunch before the Cubs game at one. You're not staying for the whole Cubs game probably, no, right? No, you're, you're doing an inning or two. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I but, guess, then, but then they're from Wrigleyville all the way to downtown on, on, on what's that Roosevelt or uh, uh, whatever that road is right in front of the city center right there. Oh uh, yeah. Dearborn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or Randolph. Well, it's, it's, it's a, it's a sci-fi movie because Chicago traffic doesn't allow you to do all of this without <laughs> like some sort of, without like a, if you're driving a TARDIS or something. And that's the, we, we left that out completely. The 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 car parker guys take it to the south side and are jumping jumping hills. That's true. No. Also, I, where'd they get all the money from for all this? 
Well, the, well, they, they, uh, they're they, North Shore. They're North Shore kids. Never yeah, mind. that's yeah. what my wife grew up with. Hey, hey, <laughs> Nathan, hey Nathan, remember earlier when Mitch said, "Don't mention the timeline," and then he d- continued to break it down for us. Entirely? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I already got the three points. <laughs> you know, Brian. You, you, you know why that is? Because I'm Ferris, and I like to break all the rules. Thank all right, all right. Oh, there we oh. go. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, so, Mitch, we already we've covered your number two. So for number two, that leaves it to you, Alex. Take it away. What? No, hold on. Quick question. So, Alex, so does it break down correctly? If we had two, two Uber stare downs, then we each have one zero right on our list. Correct. OK. So, okay, so, so it's still, okay, I, I just want to make sure that everything's above board and we're playing the game correctly. You're, you're not getting the, screwed, uh, Mitch. You're not getting screwed. <laughs> the, the, the score is, the score is, I believe, six to, or, uh, yeah, six to six. Six to I six? I don't know. It's written down somewhere. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he gave uh, Wendy peppercorn. I did. I did. Okay, okay, we're good. Never mind then. All right, so okay. my number two, um, <clears throat> this one really means a lot to me, Um and there's a side note with Mitch is involved in this one later. Uh, I went the yellow tinted aviators, big Lebowski, Walter mm. Sobchak, arguably, is there a new down? I'm waiting for it. There's not. There's now one. Zing. Walter <laughs> Sobchak, guys. He's a Vietnam War vet, right? <laughs> he is a roller and he is a badass. This man is rocking these sunglasses. He's got the, the vest on that only a cinematographer wears, uh, you know, to <laughs> hang, their, hang their shit off of. Uh, and, and he's wearing the brown shorts, and he just looks good the entire time. Uh, this man is, is – he sticks to his guns. He is, he is 100 – I mean, he would 100% be a Trump supporter, which probably can't get behind that. I don't know. Maybe not, but that's for another discussion. But, uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Walter Sobchak, these sunglasses mean a lot to me. Uh, about 10 years ago, God, this was probably 2012, I dressed up as Walter Sobchak for Halloween. And then I went to a house party at Mitch, one of your ex-girlfriend's house. Uh, sorry to bring that up. And we partied oh. into the night. Yeah. It was me looking like in a very epic Walter Sobchak. But those sunglasses, guys, they look good. He can hit the shooting range. He can wear them at nighttime when he's bowling. He can mm-hmm. wear them when he's out driving, throwing a, 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 a you know a briefcase full of dirty underwear out to the people. <laughs> well, there's 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 two key elements to these sunglasses that I think we can uh, deduce from all of this, which is transition lenses. Yeah. Pre- prescription. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, and and you know, and like, uh, you know, when he goes into the writer's house, uh, how are you today, sir? <laughs> no, he, he's wearing them as he's beating a car. You know, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. Uh, <laughs> I don't do, know if this is you, uh, or not. So, do, do you want to do you want to explain that one, Alex? Go ahead and explain. I mean, if you've if you've if you've seen the Big Lebowski, arguably, um, I've spent the last year. Side note trying to figure out my collective top 10 favorite movies ever. Um, I've gotten the top four completely solid, still trying to figure it out, but big Lebowski's in the top 10. Um, The unedited version, the movie version is he's beating the car and he goes, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. Yeah. Uh, But if you ever see it on TV, (laughs) (laughs) 
whenever you see it on TV, it is arguably even better when he's beating the car <laughs> saying this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> and, 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 and I know, Nathan and Mitch, we've watched this movie together. There, more, than, had, more than once. There had to have been yes. many times that we've watched this together with a Mr. Steve Moore involved as well. My, so, my yeah. theory on the, the Find a Stranger in the Alps is that, because most times when they edit it, they try to make it sound something with the same meaning a little bit, you know. I think they went to the Coen brothers and they were like, all right, we're just going to throw this completely <laughs> out of left field. Doesn't make any sense. Like, that's like another, just another layer, another joke put in the movie. I think it's, yeah, I'd almost prefer to hear that rather than the the unpleasant fuck a stranger in the ass. <laughs> Because I've never been to the Alps. I've never found a stranger there. I don't know what happens. Maybe it's pretty dark. I don't know. <laughs> but to go to go back to these sunglasses, um, I decided to be Walter Sobchak for Halloween one year. Um, and Mitch, I don't know if you remember this, but this was like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Belmont. And now this is the, for, for the listeners that aren't in Chicago. This is uh, not going to pertain to you. But I went to Belmont Army Navy. You guys remember that spot? Belmont Army Surplus. Army Surplus, sorry. Yes, yes, oh, yes, yes. And yes. Uh, I found a pair of yellow-tinted, gold-rimmed, wrap-around-the-ear aviators, mm-hmm. and I bought those for about 40 or $50. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that was, the, uh, that was the, 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 the pinnacle of my Halloween costume that year. But they are just such iconic sunglasses. So many other people wear them in other movies. Um, you know, the aviators alone, I mean – no, I don't want to, he's not in my mind, but Top Gun right there, you know, yeah. those beautiful aviators and Walter Sobchak, you know, being the, the, the loner and being the individual that he is had to go with the yellow tint on those so that he could wear them. Big. Well, and uh, another thing I love about the, the yellow glasses, the fact that of course he's a veteran, but he's also, He's he's just a big old pushover teddy bear too. He'll 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 take care of his ex-wife and Marty's dog when they're away in Hawaii. Um <laughs> he will he will he will scatter the ashes. He will happily scatter the ashes. He might not do it well, but he will scatter the ashes. Well, he, he delivers a touching eulogy. He does. He does. Um from the from the from Pismo uh to to Londoc to to Hill uh 344 or whatever, you know. <laughs> um and you know, so really, he's a he's a you know he's a moving guy. But also, my favorite part about Walter is that he loves justice. Yeah. And Smokey, Smokey is trying to fudge the rules, and Smokey shouldn't fudge the rules. And it is league play. League play it counts, and there's a record, and it and it accumulates. So. Um, well, that's that's true. L- scoring is important, as uh, you you would expect. You would expect somebody at the scoreboard to be paying close attention, just correct. like I was earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> but but I am. Uh, I mean, Alex, I th- I think you you just what you've done here today is has uh, really just been playing to your host uh, personal preferences and also bringing up the greatest censorship line ever find a stranger in the alps i'm giving you another three points i can't help it i gotta do it wow boom i just saw the sadness the sadness leave mitch's eyes like just boom you 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 are you are today's smoky nathan you're trying to change the rules (laughs) you're just taking the points where you want to take them (laughs) 
You've oh, got power. hair. You've got hair that goes past your shoulders. Um, Do we roll on the the, the Shabbos or <laughs> <laughs> what's happening? This is this is Shabbos, isn't it? Oh, actually, actually, we got to shut this thing down, boys. We made a terrible mistake. <laughs> well, we'll, take it, we'll take two tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, well, uh, let's go. Let's go over to our number ones. And, and Mitch, why don't you why don't you chime in here with with good old number one? Okay. Is this Nathan? Is this going to be a stare down? Just let me know right now. It's it is not. Oh, interesting. Wow. Okay. Then I have won this game uh, spiritually. <laughs> so um, I'm going to put back on the Ray Ban Ray Ban Club Masters here because I'm introducing the number one. Uh, the Alpha, the Omega, the 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 the, the Zama, the the Gamma, the Hotel, the Charlie, the Delta. Every single point of the universe all points to this one man. I don't know if that's Scientology, but it sounds like it. Tom Cruise, the market mover, the one who set the agenda in the '80s. I'm not even going with one character here because he has so many movies in the '80s that kicked ass. Um, Ray Ban literally. Uh, came back from the dead because of Top Gun. And guess what? Ray-Ban Aviators isn't even what he wore in Top Gun. It was American Optical. Didn't effing matter. Ray-Ban still capitalized on that. But the first movie of the 80s that he was a uh, obviously star for, Risky Business, he wore the classic Wayfarer, which this is similar, of course, the Club Masters, as, you know, but I mentioned the differences earlier. And uh, you know, you got Days of Thunder. Um, he, he wore some uh, a chunkier Wayfarer in there. Of course, you've got Cocktail. He's down in the in in the uh, tropics. He's wearing some sunglasses there. Um, and he actually also does move on to sort of the Men in Black style esque uh, Dirty Harry Ray Bans for I believe it's Mission Impossible One and Two. He wears something in that nature. But Tom Cruise, you can't. You can't fuck with him. Um, the man looks great in sunglasses. He rides motorcycles. He flies planes. He flies helicopters. He does he kill guys in the movie? No, Mission Impossible. He does kill guys. Um, but it's just it's just you know uh, he's got the need. He's got the need for motherfucking speed. Okay, <laughs> so that's it. Tom Cruise. I don't think I have to say much more. He's he's a mountain of a man, even though he would be the shortest mountain on record in the world. So. <laughs> I think that I don't know if any other like the sales of aviators probably has last still to this day because of Top Gun. One hundred percent. Like that's where it all originates from. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it comes from. Can I can I tell you guys a Top Gun story real quick? Please. Are we going to allow this? So I was in um, northern Wisconsin two years ago in my buddy Brandon's RV. And we were drinking a little bit of alcohol that day. Sure, sure. May have been a little bit of other substances involved in the whole situation. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless, Brandon Brandon, uh, is known for taking naps throughout the day. Uh, So he went to bed about 3 p.m. And uh, at this point in the evening, it's about midnight. Brandon is still asleep on his RV bed. And in RVs, most of the doors are slides. And we're listening to good music. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> Danger Zone Sorry. comes on, and it's midnight. And we're like, fuck yeah, we love this movie. Brandon literally, <laughs> Kool-Aid Man through the door, 
ripped that bitch over and he was just like, I fucking love this song. <laughs> and we were just like, yeah. And for some reason, I did have a pair of aviators. So I threw those on. He owns a pair. And we wore aviators for the rest of the night. So, Oh, my God. Top Gun and Tom Cruise himself, that was him. So kudos to you on that one, man. Thank you. And, and you know, in like a, in like a weird fantasy world, who doesn't want to play volleyball with their buddies and everyone looks that good? You know, like everyone's just torn up from the floor up. So, um, yeah. Also, they're coming out with a sequel to that this summer. Well, oh, yeah. Not, thanks to COVID, but, you know. Like I said previously, guys, I've been I've spent the last year and this is a lot of work trying to figure out my top 10 all time favorite movies. And I've gotten a definitive list of the top four. Number one is Apollo 13. Number two. Yeah, right. Number two, October Sky. Right on. Right. Number three, Catch Me If You Can. Great. Right. Number four. And here we go, guys. Number four, we're looking the 1970s. All right. Rolling Stone is one of the largest magazines out there. You have a up and coming band, Stillwater, that is trying to go across the nation. They are trying to make something of themselves. And then you have one, Miss Penny Lane, and her beautiful round lens, blue tinted sunglasses, who just holds that band together throughout the entire tour and just goddamn does she look good doing it. <laughs> so my number one top iconic sunglasses in Hollywood and my number four top movie ever is Miss Penny Lane and almost famous. This is this, also these, these sunglasses are featured on the movie the, poster. This is the cover of the movie. Yep. Yeah. Her with, I mean, that's, Kate Hudson at what, 20 years old, maybe, maybe younger. She looks good. And she's wearing these the entire time. She's helping this young aspiring writer fit into the entire show and into the entire group rather. And she's bringing him along. She's being nice to him. And there's a love story in there for her and Russell. There's that little love story, but he's married and they're both super underage. (laughs) 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 there's that whole weird part too but god damn it and at the end russell calls penny lane and he's like hey i need to come see you and she's like yeah dude no problem here's my address sends him to the house it's just hey it's a great movie she looks good in it those sunglasses are just iconic And, and i can't say and i will be honest here i don't know if the world's changed because of these sunglasses but you asked for my top five, and God damn it, that's number one. <laughs> well, I think I think they the reason they're on the cover is that she is the central character. The movie is a love story, but it's it's not a love story between her and William or her and Russell. It's a it's a bromance between William and Russell. Russell we both just yeah, love yeah. the music, but she's the one who sees it all for what it is and brings you know brings the pieces together. Uh, oh boy! Well, as as you know. As Alex knows, almost famous, also in my top five movies. Hold on, 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 hold on. Stop the bus. Hold on. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Dad's got to come in here and say a little something quick. <laughs> hold on here. Hold on, Nathan. Nathan, you didn't tell me your friends were going to come over tonight. Okay, you didn't mention anything. You got all these boys coming over, making a ruckus. 
and I heard you guys rented Almost Famous, and I read in the paper that uh, there's a young boy who goes out on the road with no parental guidance. So I don't know. <laughs> it seems like a pretty bad idea. Seems like you guys could get some wrong eye, well, wrong ideas from this film. So I don't know. I I, I deign you to uh, think about that. You know, uh, just a couple <laughs> times before you go on there. So uh, yeah, I agree. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, mom, William's whoa, mom. Whoa, hold on. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> you do not use those cuss words in my house there, young gentleman. Who right, is guys, guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I, I interrupted the, the kerfuffle. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you boys hang out. If you guys need more beer, let me know. Okay. All right. See you later. <laughs> oh, God. And I can't believe I forgot. Sorry. Uh, William's mother, Frances McDermott. Like, great <laughs> college professor. I had to look it up here. I apologize. She I was got the name there, but and yeah. she she's she's also obviously uh is it Joel no Joel Cohen no Ethan one of, Cohen's one of the Cohen brothers uh yeah. partner yeah she's she's of course a living legend uh so I will, uh, I'll, I'll give you points for that so there's some other great sunglasses in Almost Famous there's like the scene where they first walk to the airplane which oh, also yes. Alex I noticed all of your top movies seem to have some sort of uh, aviation uh, theme to them in, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. I, I'm um, a big Tom Hanks fan. So good. If you if you if you look through all of them, Tom Hanks runs yeah. runs pretty solid. So there's um Jimmy Jimmy Fallon wears a pair of sunglasses in this movie too, and that's the and I I love Jimmy Fallon in this movie because he looks exactly like my dad did in the late seventies, <laughs> like exactly. <laughs> it's uncanny. Uh, but anyway, oh boy, oh dear, oh okay. goodness me. Nathan, Nathan, if if you do need time to to tally scores or whatever, you know we can do what we did last week. Um, well, actually, I think we do need to give him some time because uh, in a callback to our Rotten Tomatoes episode, and since you were a concerned father not too long ago, I found yeah. the common sense media what parents need to know about Almost I was, Famous. I was going to oh. ask. <laughs> Uh, what parents need to know about Almost Famous. Yes. Parents yes. need to know that a teen girl in Almost Famous attempts suicide. Some moderate expletives, including fuck, shit, dick, and pussy. These, these rock musicians on the road in the 1970s engage in an all, bad, all the bad behavior you might expect. Drinking, casual sex, drugs. But the behavior is never glorified and is shown to be self-destructive. <laughs> The lead character loses his virginity to a trio of bored girls. Brief partial nudity, parentheses, bare breasts. A few, <laughs> a few arguments lead to mild brawls among friends. A fight becomes so turbulent that all the passengers fear they are going to die. A character seriously considers having sex with a woman who is unconscious. Whoa, 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 whoa. First off. No, he does not ever consider having sex <laughs> yeah. with her. He is William is a is a stand up guy, like men should be. Yes, and takes care of her the whole time. Correct. Yeah, he so he saves guy, her. He saves her life. Yes. Yeah. Well, the other guys good. were talking to Bob fucking Dylan. If you remember the line. <laughs> Jesus. Is that I have a, I have a I have a major fear of flying, and that <laughs> oh. scene when the plane is about to go down. And they're all telling truths. Really yeah. fucking gets me every time. So are you are you afraid of are you afraid of crashing and dying, or are you afraid of telling the truth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at the time. Uh, <laughs> What's right, your well, first plain truth? Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> you can lie here. <laughs> all 
right, I'm, I'm going to bail you out, Alex, and I'm going to reveal some scores for this last round. Oh, thank God. Okay. And boy, this see, this was tough because uh, Almost Famous is in my top five movies as well. I love those sunglasses, I think. But I've got to go head to head here. This is, you know, this is who's battling for the number one. And, and Mitch, like like we were saying, the Tom Cruise top Top Gun sunglasses, they've lasted through the ages. People wear them today, both ironically and unironically, because of Top Gun. So I'm going to give Mitch three points. I'm going to give Alex two. As much as it pains me, as much as it pains me, and that's going to give our final score of Mitch 12, Alex 11. Oh. Son of a bitch! (laughs) Congratulations, Mitch. Congratulations, Mitchell. Thank you for bestowing this honor upon me, and I will will take it upon myself to continue to improve the world. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm very happy for you. That was wonderful. God damn it. All right, yeah, thanks, boy. I, when I when I got your list before the show, I was I was just chomping at the bit because this was great selections at, at every single one. This was uh, I was lo- been looking forward to this one, and, and you boys did not let me down. Well, thank you. I I, I uh, you know during this, I, I I wrote my list of things like right off the top of my brain. I was like, oh, these are the movies that I remember sunglasses in and things I enjoyed, and then of course went to Google to see other iconic things, and saw the original Thomas Crown Affair and Steve McQueen. And the, those glasses he wore, which are very, very cool. Um, my God, I, I, I'm going to get a pair if I can afford them. Um, but uh, I, I went and watched the trailer. Him in the 70s, he didn't look healthy. He looked just like <laughs> splotchy and like he had been just drinking cigarettes and smoking booze. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe maybe slightly slightly past his absolute peak but the, yeah. i think maybe that's that's where the shades came from was to just hide the bloodshot eyes which <laughs> yeah. that would have they they probably saved the whole movie yeah really but a good a good honorable mention there so i i also i thought about off the top of my head what i had and then i also did some research and uh lolita came up Do you guys remember if she was wearing yes. the heart oh, yeah. sunglasses yeah. Yeah, uh, and then I, I I dug back and did a little research, and that is about a fifty to sixty year old college professor who is uh, <laughs> attracted to a fourteen year old uh, n- nymphet is what they called her. So <laughs> I decided yeah. to leave that one. Out, so. <laughs> yeah, we we already pushed the envelope with the uh, underage groupies. Of, yeah. of, the sunglasses uh, are yeah. the sunglasses are amazing. It was heart shaped, but. They yeah. couldn't make the top five. <laughs> I think we can all agree there were some troubling um, age norms in previous Hollywood. So um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I guess that wraps up our uh, sunglasses game. Congratulations again, Mitch. And that Thank means you. it's time. It's time for my fast five. So, boys, are you ready for me to tell you the top five greatest triangles of all time? Born ready. Give it to right, my ears. Give it to my ears. Plug them in. Number five. The yield sign. Mm. This triangle indicates that you may have to stop, but you may not. <laughs> you might be able to keep going, and it's all at your discretion. Don't you just love that sense of empowerment? <laughs> <laughs> all right, number four, the Great Pyramid of Giza. So in a strict mathematical sense, a pyramid is a completely different structure from a triangle. And I've never been there, but I bet if you stand at the right angle, it looks like a triangle, (laughs) and I bet it's pretty big. So cool. All right. Number three, the triangle offense. 
The Chicago Bulls won six championships running assistant coach Tex Winter's innovative triangle offense, including a complex series of variants based on matchups and player positioning, and ultimately forced Michael Jordan to share the ball with his teammates, making the Bulls an unstoppable force. I have no joke here. The Bulls were just fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number two, the Bermuda Triangle. This mysterious area in the western Atlantic Ocean is said to be the location of the disappearance of a number of ships and aircraft. Several explanations have been offered. Is this a hotbed of paranormal or alien activity where supernatural or extraterrestrial entities prey on hapless vessels? Is this above the site of the lost city of Atlantis and remnants of the forces that destroyed that fabled city have led, to countless, have led countless craft to their doom? Are there electromagnetic anomalies that dis- disrupt the compasses and navigational equipment of these poor seafarers? Or... Is it perfectly plausible that a 1.5 million square uh, area of the Atlantic Ocean that has countless shipping lanes and air traffic routes that happens to be prone to tropical storms is a logical place for accidents to happen and all of the above is nonsensical conspiracy theory is bullshit? I guess we'll never know. <laughs> I could I could see Mitch's heart breaking on that one. Well, I, I actually just read last week Ted Cruz's dad has a cabin in the Bermuda Triangle. I don't know if it's connected. <laughs> I don't know, but... Um. <laughs> All right. Uh, number one, the love triangle. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never the, experienced one of these. Uh, the love triangle... Like, like Nathan has some stories. <laughs> <laughs> the love triangle has provided endless hours of entertainment. Think Jim, Pam, and Roy from The Office, Angel, Buffy, and Spike from Buffy, Dawson, Joey, and Pacey, Kate, Jack, and Sawyer from Lost... Go to ancient history. You've got Julius Caesar, Cleopatra, and Mark Antony. Or in the NBA, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, and Phil Jackson. This timeless trope is an easy narrative to fall back on and propel any series to the top of the ratings. And while you may feel an unpleasant entanglement when you first encounter such a geometric proposition in your personal life, just you wait. You'll be harking back for the simple days of yore of the love triangle after your hot mess of romantic endeavors devolve into the complex web of the love hexagon. Not that I would know. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's this week's edition of Uber Cinco. Joining me from Wrigleyville has been... Mitch Brinkman. And out in Des Moines, Iowa has been... Alex Lovingood. And running things from the studio, from UBK Studios, from the den itself is... Brian Ernst. And I have been Nathan Henfent. And as Bizbear always says... May you find ample parking in inclement weather. Auvita Zane and adios. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. Yeah.